0: Hello, everybody. This is the Locked On Big 12 Conference crossover. I am Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12. To my right, he is back. It is Stephen Simcox. He is the host of Locked On Horn Frogs. To his right, it is Linda Godfrey. She is the host of Locked On Pokes. Below her, it is Jake Hatch. He is the host of Locked On Cougars. And then to his left, it is John Williams, the host of Locked On Sooners. We've made it through the football season We've made it. We're going to talk about making it through. Talk about some of our thoughts about the championship game last night and also some thoughts about where the Big 12 is as a conference. But first, got to cue the music if I can find it. There it is.
2: You are locked on Big 12 daily podcast on the big 12 conference part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: all right so once again we've made it through the football season um and this is not me complaining at all i just think generally my first thought was like this was one of the more exhausting college football seasons I can remember. Now it was rewarding. I, I will say the fat the, the fourth quarter last night was very entertaining between Georgia and Alabama. Um Stetson Bennett with the YOLO Aaron Rodgers free play ball was fantastic. Um Georgia got a once again much deserved national championship. But I will say, like this that's kind of the feeling is like with everything that happened, right? We had NIL, which was positive. We had the transfer portal, which was positive um in some respects. We had the coaches getting fired early because of early signing day, which is kind of unattended consequence, which kind of, yeah, Yes. Steven right there. Yeah. Which was, which was in, was an interesting wrinkle that I don't think we all expected. Um, tons of playoff expansion talk that kind of ended the conversation with the playoff committee this week. That sounded like it was not that productive and we're kind of stuck. So, Uh, Once again, I enjoyed the season. I had a lot of fun, and I'm not complaining about covering college football. It was a really fun time. But just kind of looking back, Stephen, I'll go to you first. Like, how do you feel? How do you feel about the football season that we just watched in college? I mean, I feel pretty good. I think uh, it was
3: interesting to see Georgia finally get over the hump. That was nice. I feel like that was a good wrinkle. It was still two SEC teams, which I know is (laughs) grading for a lot of folks um it was an exhausting season in a lot of ways it felt like going into the year um and this is not just specifically college football I think this is more the nation as a whole we had sort of gotten past the COVID crisis and that was in the rearview mirror and obviously that's not the case um it's still very much present it's still very much something that is affecting sports as well as general life um and the there was just a lot of changes that happened. I think unintended consequences that came with it, you know, whether it be the transfer portal and more autonomy for players, which is a good thing. I think we can all agree it is. Uh, but there are a lot of wrinkles that come with that or NIL and trying to regulate and figure out what that means and how to come up with some sort of, you know, balance in college football. But I think ultimately it's, it's all about perspective. Like if you are someone who, really hones in and focuses on the playoff and the national title, then you're probably still really disappointed that there's not more parity, that there's not more um, teams that are in the hunt, even though we did see Cincinnati breakthrough and we saw Georgia win it all. But if you just look at it as a crazy sport where there's a lot of different things that can happen, there's a number of different barometers for success for specific programs. I think that's where the charm of college football is. And I hope we don't lose that in sort of the professionalism of the sport, but, um, definitely a long grueling season for, uh, everybody. And it, as we were talking about off air, Josh, it just feels like it continues, you know, we're we're, the day after the national title game. I mean, I mean, in my case, TCU hasn't been playing for a month and it still feels like I can't really talk much basketball because every day there's somebody entering the portal or somebody who's signing with the team. Um, there's just news constantly, which is probably good overall, but it, uh, it makes for, weird rhythms in, you know, the sports calendar.
0: Yes. Uh Linda, I'll go to you on this. Do you think that media types such as ourselves and kind of the bigger media types that we hear a lot, do you think some of their complaining kind of made it feel like like there was a whole lot of hand-wringing about the portal and about NIL? And ultimately in my opinion it was kind of at least NIL stuff was a whole lot to do about nothing. Um just in my opinion, I think it's kind of it was just making public a lot of the stuff that we already knew was happening in college football. Uh, do you feel like media types kind of complaining about this stuff made the season made it worse? worse, made it worse? Yeah, yeah. Or, you, or are you able, one of those people who able to compartmentalize it and kind of enjoy the season and just go, uh, shut up, you guys, it's fine.
2: I mean, it was a great season. It ended with a fantastic game. I felt very similar to how the NFL ended with the Raiders chargers game, just both mm-hmm. like a very solid reminder of why I love the sport of football so much um but it was especially from the end of regular season through bowl games with all the coaching changes that happened and in the big 12 circuit with Lincoln Riley and the bomb that he dropped it's been every day something like huge that you have to cover it's been exhausting it's like the end of a run where you're like you have to kind of sprint through it but I and like I don't know, I'm not a runner. I don't think you're supposed to sprint at the end, but that's what it felt like <laughs> we were doing. It just every day was like another hit and another wave in a tidal wave of off season uh, college football. So it was worth it, but I, it's it was exhausting. John, and they th- they did make it God. worse. By the way, they yes. did definitely make it yes. worse.
0: John, do you did you this year feel like you were the runner who was on the run, who was like, you know what, I'm going to sprint this last hundred yards and you looked up and you're like i'm a mile and a half from home what the hell man like it must have felt like that was you this year you're like there's there's still this much more you know shit for my better term that i have to talk about with this season so i'll ask that for that part first part two because you had a lot of stuff going on give us something positive from this year make us feel good so go ahead john i'll give you the floor here
4: well, yeah, I'll say you know Cincinnati actually getting a shot in the college football playoff. I think that is great for college football, just giving them an opportunity. Yes, they got beat by multiple scores by an Alabama team that was really, really good. But just getting them into the playoff, I think that is a big step for college football. Other positive things. I mean, I, I feel like this year, the fact that the Heisman race wasn't like locked up by mm-hmm. November was kind of cool. Like, you saw names like Aiden Hutchinson being thrown in there. Will Anderson, like it's, it got to the point where people were wondering, should a running back win it should a wide receiver win it. Ultimately, Bryce young had the, the nice final couple games of the season to really solidify himself as the Heisman winner. But I thought it was, that was a really fascinating aspect of the college football season. You know, when Spencer Rattler kind of fell by the wayside and then Caleb Williams had it, his dud against Baylor, it, it kind of took them out of the running. Then it just kind of really opened it up for all kinds of possibilities. Um, it was, it was a really fascinating year, especially, you know, as far as big 12 play is concerned, you know, cause Oklahoma, Iowa state were the two teams that were supposed to be in the big 12 title game. Neither one of them made it. Iowa state had a disappointing year after being a preseason top 10 Oklahoma, obviously the same. And it was neat to see as, as much as I was disappointed in Oklahoma's season, it was really cool to see Baylor's turnaround happen as quickly as it did under Dave Aranda.
0: Jay, how, do you, how are you feeling now we're one day removed from the season? Like get, give this a rating out of 10. What would you give well, the college football season? Uh,
1: considering BYU now a member of the Big 12 Conference, you've got to give it a pretty good rating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing, if, you, if you're out here at BYU fan, you're just ecstatic to be a member of the Power Five. I, mean, I, I thought it was a fun season. I, I thought there was a lot of chaos. COVID obviously wreaked havoc in, in some ways with it, but I, I'm with John. It was fun to have the Heisman Trophy actually kind of be a mystery up until the final weeks of the season. There was, in many ways, this felt like a little bit of a throwback to a previous era of college football versus what we've kind of been used to the last, I'd say, decade or so, where it seemed like you already can, uh, about midseason, you know who the number one team is, you know who the favorite is going to win the national championship, you know who that Heisman Trophy favorite is going to be. It was just nice to have some, I guess, questions about what was happening with the sport overall.
0: Right. I mean, you know, I know we always complain in, in, about Alabama, but Alabama did throw a wrench into that with their win over Georgia. You know, you to kind of have to shout that out, right? I mean, it did make us question, all right, how good are they? You know, how good is Alabama? Is that one off? And uh, I, we will have to give them that. All right. So I've got a point I want to run by you guys. First quick word from our sponsors here. Today's show is brought to you all by BuildBar. Go to built.com today. That is built.com. You guys can check out all the built bars that they've got there. Wow, John, product placement. There we go. Look at that. He's got – what What flavor is that? Oh, That's the peanut butter brownie. That's that's the bomb flavor right there. Peanut butter brownie right there. John's got it. You guys can use the promo code locked 15 locked L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15 for 15% off. At built.com today built bars can be a great part of any new year's resolution especially if it involves eating things that taste good or eating uh, healthier things or both how about both those things you can put those together once again built.com today also our show is brought to you by get upside new app that allows you guys to save at the pump we all know in this economy you definitely want to be saving at the pump all right we're blaming Joe Biden for the high gas price. Just kidding. It's not what we're doing here. We're saving money on gas with GetUpside. You guys can download the app today. Use the promo code SCORE. S C O R E SCORE. Well, S C O R E SCORE. We can spell at the University of Missouri. They taught us that. Uh, once again, promo code SCORE. And that allowed you guys to get up to 50%, 50%, 50 cents off the first time at the pump. Uh, up to 25 cents off. Other times, you guys go to the pump. Once again, get upside promo code score. Ugh. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. That was a rough one for me, folks. All right. So um, I want to make this point to you all. We talked about playoff expansion uh, recently. And just thinking about, you know, the gap, right? There is a gap between other conferences pretty clearly. Um, The Big Ten's best got smacked around this year by Georgia. Uh, Cincinnati put up a decent fight. I mean, they put up fights that we've seen pretty comparable to uh, other teams who have come. I, I'd i say that their performance kind of reminded me actually of Notre Dame's last year. Respectable. Was it competitive? No. Respectable? Very much so. So talking about bridging the gap, right? Um, to me, that was a big reason why we talked about college ball playoff expansion. Just it, it starts bridging the gap with having more teams in the playoff. And my colleague at SiriusXM, Gabe Iker, by this point, did we all enjoy the Raiders and Chargers game the other night? For those of us who are awake, for I'm not going to knock anybody for not being awake. But do we all enjoy it? Yes.
2: Yeah, Does anybody really knock on you if you were sleeping? By the way, yes,
0: not going to do it. Also, the last <laughs> ride took forever. Does anybody here believe either of those teams had a chance to win the Super Bowl?
2: No.
0: I'm going to go with no. Chargers, maybe an outside shot. Maybe an outside shot. But I mean, the Raiders. It feels like I mean, after watching the Raiders play the Chiefs twice this year, oh good lord, uh, I don't think that was going to be the case. And the Chargers down the stretch were leaking a little bit of oil there towards the end. But here's the thing: did it make it any less in, in exciting or, or enjoyable? No, it didn't. So there. So apply the same logic to a seven versus ten or whatever the numbers end, would end up being. Uh, you know, for a five twelve. Four a 6-11, 9 Will the 7 of the 10 probably win the championship? No. Would it make a dramatic overtime shootout more exciting where Matt Corral is going up and trying to score against, let's just say, Oklahoma State's defense? No, it would make it exciting in my opinion. So I, I thought as great as last night was, I want to see the two best teams. We can have the expansion, get the same result, and still enjoy everything in between. Steven, am I crazy here for, for thinking this radical idea?
3: No, you're not. I mean, let's take – so how awesome would it been have been if Ohio State-Utah was a playoff game, right? Like mm-hmm. I know there was a lot of opt-outs there. Like Jake was following that game really closely. Um, but even, even with the opt-outs, you had a coming-out party for Jackson Smith and Jiba, the Rockwell Texas product. He's an absolute stud. Um, You had Utah scoring like crazy as well. It was a great football game, and it would have been even cooler if there were more stakes. Like, are we still going to get to the ultimate conclusion, which is probably the evil empire, Alabama playing for a title against, you know, plug in other team, and there's a decent chance Bama's going to win, even though it didn't happen this year? Yes, but we're talking about having more football, more meaningful football, and I feel like it would be a good balance of, you know, when we talk about opt-outs during bowl season, a lot of that's happening in um, some of these upper-tier bowl games. Like you have a weird gap between like six and six power five and group of five teams <laughs> that are playing one more game. Most of those young men are going to play. It's an exhibition. It's, you know, something you have on in the background during Christmas festivities so you don't have to talk to your – girl your your sister's weird boyfriend or whatever like it's just it's just programming for espn and then you have the middle which is these other bowl games that aren't the playoff but they're you know power five teams that had good seasons or maybe had seasons under their expectations well you have more opt-outs than that so if you made some of those playoff games you give more incentive for those guys to play uh, and just figure it out like i don't understand the ncaa college football all their decision-making boils down to, is this going to make me more money? Like, that's really usually what it comes down to. So I think this is a way to make more money. So it seems like a no-brainer. Just find out a way to do it. If it means you have to eliminate games against FCS schools, and I know that, you know, those schools need those paycheck games, but maybe you turn those into preseason exhibitions. Like, there's ways around some of these problems. I just don't understand this idea of, like, well – you know, the 12 seed's not going to win the championship. Well, the 66 team in the NCAA tournament usually don't win the championship either, but we watched them play on a random (laughs) Tuesday night. We're looking there. We're like, oh, no, I don't get true TV. I didn't know I didn't have true TV. Now i got (laughs) to find true TV. i got to see if my brother-in-law has a login to true TV because I want to watch St. Mary's face Monmouth and see some post player, you know, miss a bunch of baby hooks like we're just we're gonna watch these games so give it to me give me the content i I will
0: say it's very it's very good because the ncaa tournament has playing games between 16 seeds which is like to me, which is like one of the dumbest things that they've ever done, mm-hmm. but it's like you know what? Hey. When Hampton, when and I don't mean to cross these schools, when, Hampton, Hampton and Hampton, Texas Southern. I was going to say when Hampton whenever, Hampton, whenever Hampton plays Texas Southern, I'm like always dialed into that game because we're going to tweet about
3: it. We're just going to tweet about how we hate it, but we're going to watch it. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's Hampton's bench also has a thing where like they bring their energy and they stomp a cloud. I love it. I just love all of that. Yeah. Um, Jay, how surprised were you this week when you saw the fact that the college football playoff committee, it sounds like they're really far apart on a number of issues considering the point Stephen just made that all of this comes down to money and this would make them more money.
1: It's strange to me because Bob Bowlesby came out and said, these people just need to pull their heads out of you-know-what and figure figure it out. That's that's, right. the, that's the, best of the message I got from him and his comments about it. The, the thing about it is it sounds like Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, is essentially trying to, the way it was described as a one-man war, to make it an 18 playoff to essentially force Notre Dame's hand to join the ACC in football. Right. Here's the right. thing. Notre Dame will not be coerced in doing whatever you want them to do. That's that's first thing. And just figure it out. The ACC is like the PAC 12. I live in PAC 12 country out here. And obviously it's big 12 country. It's going to be split because Utah and um, BYU you were 40 miles apart, but the Pac-12 and the ACC are at a disadvantage right now. They need a 12-team playoff. They need to get themselves opportunities to get into that field because annually these two conferences just beat the crap out of each other, and they have a team that wins the conference that's 9-3 and 10-2. and, 10 and two. As it's currently constituted, you're not getting in the playoff with that record. So – Just figure it out. And I, I, we had Tim Brando on my radio show earlier today, actually funny enough. And he's of the opinion that these conferences are going to milk every bit of money they can get in their new TV deals out of these networks. And then they will revisit this and say, okay, how much money can we get for the playoff to add to our coffers? That's how he thinks it's going to play out. He thinks the TV deals come first and then the playoff happens.
0: Right, because the Big Twelve is coming up here in twenty twenty five, so we'll see how that one that one transpires. Yeah. Um, John, your thoughts on Gre- Greg Sankey is just like, look, we love twelve, we don't need it. We're like, we got do we get two in every single year? Like, we don't really, you know, we're just kind of here for the, the party. Like, if you want to do twelve, we'll do twelve. You guys would not stick with four. I mean, look at our championship game we got right now. Like, we'll keep the four thing going too. So, your thoughts on old Uncle Sankey who is. I mean, ostensibly the most powerful person in the room, yet like the one who's like, look, what are we doing here, folks?
4: Yeah, I think he's got a great point. What is the SEC? I mean, the thing they have to gain from an expanded playoff is a third team in the playoff. Right. I mean, there there are some years where they're going to have three, maybe four of the top 12. and Now you have the automatic bids that kind of go into play in there, but I mean, there's a good chance that they'll get three teams in, in a lot of years. And so I mean, he does have that to benefit from, but yeah, I mean, the SEC is going to be fine. You know, Alabama is going to be fine. Georgia is going to continue to be a contender. I think what they did in the national championship game is just going to continue to further their ability to land big-time recruits to compete with Alabama and continue to contend. Um, and so, I mean, the SEC has got a great point. I, I think, like Jake said, I mean, it's up to the other schools that that want to be in, in the playoff and have more meaningful football games like Stephen talked about it's up to them to like make sure this happens and get it figured out because the SEC is not going to lose out on this they're going to be fine it's the rest of the conferences that you know the big 12 that sat out of the playoff the ACC the uh the Pac 12 i mean three of the power 5 were not part of the playoff this year and a lot of it's due mm-hmm. to the parity in the in the conferences but that's also because there's just four teams that get to get in and if you're gonna have the the leagues that you have and you're proud of your parody, if you're Bob Bowlesby, you you enjoy the fact that your teams do play each other difficultly and and it, it's not easy to win a Big 12 championship. And so, but you got to figure out a way to get your guys to the dance and get them in the playoff. The other thing I would like to say is like I wasn't watching that Chargers Raiders game until like midway through the fourth quarter. But because I'm following it on social media, I'm like, okay, I gotta go watch this football game. Right two nine and seven teams that the whole sports world cared about. The regular season continued to matter, even though they were nine and seven teams. And I also think back to the giants teams that, that won the super bowl. Mm
3: -hmm. I don't think
4: going into the playoff, anybody thought that those teams were going to win the super bowl, especially when they went up against the undefeated Patriots in the super bowl, but they did it. And so you give teams an opportunity to get hot. Like we talked about last week by condensing the schedule a little bit, not giving teams a month off, what would Cincinnati have been able to do if they didn't have a month off? Because their offense, a lot of it is based on timing and spacing and speed. You take a month off and that disrupts all of that.
0: In a, so, month, in a, in a month for the best coach and the sport to prepare for it too. Exactly. And so like, you know, if you don't have
4: all of those elements at play, does it give some of these lesser teams an opportunity to knock off a, a higher ranked team? Possibly. Yeah. And that's the thing we love about March Madness is there's always the possibility of an upset.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And to your point, March is like you oftentimes have at most four days to prepare for. And I'm not, I'm not saying there should be four days from football, but four days prepare for team. And then also you got a day off, right, for your next game. You get one day off uh, after playing a tournament game, and you you got your next opponent going there. Uh, Linda, you know this kind of kind of conversation about 12 team playoff. Three Big 12 teams finish in the AP top 10 to end the year. So. You know, thinking about, I mean, at this point in time, like the Big 12 would have an argument for at least two teams to get in the dance, maybe a third, uh, you know, this season. And 12 is twelve sounds good to all of us here, I think, for, for those reasons, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think any expansion is good expansion. And to Steven's point about, like, players not opting out because there's kind of more at stake, then we don't have to hear the commentators talking about players opting out or not opting out, which would be nice. I think that would benefit everybody as Mm -hmm. well. Um, I I, I just don't see anything wrong with expanding it, except for that they made the decision, however many years ago, that it was going to be four teams. And now they have to go, "Mm, maybe it was a bad idea and we should revisit it. And like, that doesn't seem like an NCAA kind of thing to do. So it's like a pride thing.
0: Yeah. Um, I also want to mention on the Notre Dame point that was brought up. Jack Swarbrick has already said, right, he was just fine with not having an automatic bid. I think that was kind of the way he expressed it last time around. So, you know, that that is one thing. Like, look, I actually I'm not a Notre Dame guy, to be to be to be totally honest. But if they're willing to be like, look, we don't want an automatic bid, now they'll probably get I mean, they usually get one just the way their things work out for them. But like, look, okay, it's fine. It's cool with me. Like I'm I am i i I will co sign with that if they don't want to yeah, go ahead
1: jake uh, well to that point swarbrick was part of the committee that made the original proposal for this right. 12 team deal and he signed off on it. he said we're okay we we as notre dame we are okay not being among those automatic bids because we aren't tied to a conference so he signed off on it what's the hold up here
0: right um something i want to mention also to you know uh, the opt-out point because it's been something we talked about a lot you know uh, the Jamison Williams injury last night sucked to see. It, it does bring up an interesting point where like – not do I mean, bailing on your team to play for a title – like playing for a title is not something we want to see happen, but there's a chance he cost himself seven, some form of seven figures last night. I mean, blowing the ACL out like uh, less than four months before the draft <laughs> – If you're a GM, so let's just say like you're a team that's going to be drafting a wide receiver. And I think the the Cowboys maybe a year or so ago, a good example, or a couple years ago, whenever they drafted CeeDee Lamb, good example here. And you're trying to get a receiver that can play now and help you win now. And you're kind of in that 15, whatever range you want to pick. Like, do you take the Garrett Wilson? Do you take the Jamison Williams? Does Jamison Williams now become an example? Now I will say to his, to kind of a players like that's, that's credit, uh, Jalen Waddell's an example of somebody who was hurt, um, was fine before the draft, if I remember correctly, and then was good, was good to go and has done really well uh, in the NFL. But anybody have any thoughts on that? And maybe is, is Jamison Williams' injury last night a harbinger of things to come or uh, kids maybe making a choice? Anybody have any? Linda, I'll go to you. I know you're a draft person, the NFL person.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, obviously injuries and and past decisions and all kinds of insane shit always comes to light <laughs> during draft season. Like it gets weird. Everybody thinks they know what teams are going to do. You never know. I don't think I don't think I could ever like harp on a kid for choosing to opt out, regardless of mm. what the game, like the stakes of the game are. I just think a lot more of those young men would stay in for the idea right. of winning a national championship. I don't think it'll be some you know it's sad it's awful what happened to him as soon as the injury occurred it was uh you know I follow a lot of physical therapists and and doctors on twitter that tweet about injuries and what they see from video and it days. was immediately pretty uh yeah good. it was an, you could tell it was an ACL
0: immediately yeah. yeah
2: it was fast and so you know that sucks and it's 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 going to be a rough draft season for him, but he has such good tape. I don't, I don't think it'll be much of an issue, uh, especially with how fast people are – how fast injuries are – people are recovering from injuries right now. I mean, we just saw Cam right. Akers have an Achilles injury and he's back the same season. It's, it's insane how fast – how much faster these players are like getting healthier.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think to your point, like if a kid ever wanted to opt out though, they'd be like, do you guys see Jamison Williams' knee? Like, yeah, I'm uh, not gonna take that chance. This is non-contact too. Anybody else on this before we move on? Yeah, I'll just say I think I think
4: the difference being, and we kind of talked about it. I think last week and Linda touched on it is the idea of playing for a national championship is gonna hold is gonna hold a lot of water for players, and it would ring out to to front office people and coaches as well if a kid decided to opt out of playing for a championship. I don't think that would kind of bode well for them in their in this idea of like hey are they do they love football because they already asked that question about kids already and they're gonna ask it even more if they opt out of a chance to play for a title it just i don't think that that's the slope that we're headed down but it will lead to more of the kind of the exhibition
0: bowl game opt outs I think yeah I think it's, I think it's a very good point uh, all right one more word from our sponsors here before we get uh, some final thoughts. Our show is brought to you all by NetSuite from Oracle. Over 28,000 businesses have made the change to NetSuite. Uh, and your small business can do the same today. If you go to com slash locked, that's NetSuite.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D locked. You guys, uh, they have a new financing package today. If you go there, uh, your small business can switch over. It's the number one cloud financial system to power your growth, the visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Once again, netsuite.com slash locked, L-O-C-K-E-D. All right, folks. So kind of winding down here, um, and I I already asked for some positivity in terms of things. Um, I'll ask for it once again here. So, does anybody want to just give a, a fun moment, something something they enjoyed from this season? Uh, so, first of all, plug plug your stuff and where people can find the show, and just a fun thought, something you enjoyed, something that made you smile this year. Uh, it can be anywhere in college football. So, oh, Stephen, I'll go to you first. Where can people find you and your work, and also give us something fun?
3: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Simcox The show is at Locked On TCU. Um, man, that's tough. There were a lot of good stories. You know, I was fascinated last night by the Stetson Bennett narrative. I'm really happy for him. I think he's, you know, he made some throws when he had to, and it is an amazing story. Like fan of the team walk on, came back, won the starting job.
0: But I'm also sort of like, that was like the Georgia defense. We we see Kirby had one finger on the, the eject button. I mean he had to after that first half.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, yes, yes, that's my point. Like they were calling for JT Daniels in this you know, in the first half of that game, and he made it happen when he had to, and I think he's gonna be the best used car salesman in Athens, Georgia for a long time. <laughs> but I just I don't know if my man should have gotten the MVP. But hey, you enjoy it. It's a cool story. Um that Georgia team was a lot of fun and I'm I'm happy for Kirby Smart. He seems like a cool dude, and, uh, yeah, that's that's one of the many great stories from this year. I'll also briefly say um, I really enjoyed uh, UTSA, the, the run they went on with Jeff Trailer this mm-hmm. season. That was a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, couldn't go undefeated throughout the entire year, but that was a, a cool story in college football as well. Did you plug your stuff too? I forgot if you did or not. I did, yeah. yeah it, cool. The podcast is Locked on horn Frogs. You can find it, you know, anywhere you get your pods.
2: Cool. Linda. Um, I'm going to plug at the end because that feels more like the, okay. the direction I should go, but we're, listen, I did not think Oklahoma state would go on the run that they did this season. I, my hopes were not near as high as they were at the end of the season. I am still thinking about how we didn't win the big 12 championship. This is supposed to be a positivity corner, but it's it like every night I just lay in bed and think about the six tries from the one yard. Line and not being able to get into them. <laughs> um, but as a whole, like if I stand back and think about it, talked about the Cowboys before the season started, we surpassed like every expectation I set. And then last night, I'm a sucker for the walk-on Stetson Bennett story. Like I was all for it. He didn't get near as emotional as I wanted him to. He was pretty stoic, I feel like. But uh as a whole, that's that's the kind of stuff I love about college football. And then you can find me on Twitter at Lindellians and the show is locked on pokes on all your podcast apps, Jake. All right, I'm going to follow kind of Linda's lead on this. Uh, The
1: Stetson-Bennett thing is fun because those of you who watched the Rose Bowl, I think most of you probably did, uh, Utah's quarterback Cam Rising got injured Mm -hmm. in that game. They brought in a walk-on quarterback in that game. Uh, Not many people probably know this. He is from a 1A high school here in the state of Utah. It is the smallest high school in the state that plays 11-man football. It is Mm -hmm. a tiny place. It's an outpost. And he comes in and tosses a touchdown pass in the Rose Bowl, stuff like that. Stetson-Bennett. Hats off to you. Uh, On the BYU front, I already talked about the fact that Cougar is making the Big 12. That's the big story, the fact that they have made it to the big time. Other thing, Tyler Algier, he goes out and breaks Luke Staley's single season rushing mark at BYU. It's 20 years old. That record had been set in 2001. Uh, Staley won the Doak Walker Award when he ran for 1,500 plus yards in 2001. Cool to see Tyler Algier break that and wish him the best as he moves on now to the NFL. And then if you want to follow my work, just check out Locked On Cougars on your uh, preferred social media feeds or on your podcast provider of choice. My personal work, you can find me on Twitter. Jacob C. Hatch is the handle.
4: And John Williams. Yeah, I'm going to keep my focus uh, down south of me here in Oklahoma. We're going to be looking at the Texas Longhorns two things that i really really enjoyed first of all we're going to look at kansas's win over the j over the longhorns (laughs) sealed by a fullback two-point conversion uh make so that's always good stuff so shout out to kansas and lance leipold for for getting that dub uh and then secondly just the the red river showdown comeback i mean uh that one was incredible it's such a uh a roller coaster of emotions. I, I got back late from coaching my kid's soccer game and I can't ever help, but look at Twitter, even though I'm going to watch the game as I've got it recorded and I'm watching and I'm like seeing the score. I'm like son of a, and now I'm like, I gotta, I gotta keep watching this game and I'm watching it. And I finally put my phone down so I can just watch the game and then just like seeing the comeback happening. And the, the moment though, that was my favorite moment in all those in those games was Caleb Kelly's strip on the kickoff return by Xavier Worthy that led to a Kennedy Brooks touchdown. That moment for Caleb Kelly in particular, for the six-year senior who sat out all of 2020 due to an injury, it was incredible. It was phenomenal and it just kind of furthered his like legacy there as an Oklahoma Sooner. Never like the greatest player, but one of the most beloved players. And then the moment after the game where he goes up and he tries to find and he finds Xavier Worthy and just offers encouragement. You know, to a kid who had a fantastic game, um, and just had one play that did not go his way. Uh, it was just a, it was such a really heartwarming part of that whole ordeal. And in a season that was kind of frustrating at times, it's nice to think back on on Caleb Kelly's kind of moment in in the River River Showdown. Uh, I also plug your podcast and whatnot. Oh yeah, Locked On Sooners, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Subscribe, like, make sure you watch the the episodes. And I, I may or may not talk about Caleb Williams. I'm sorry. It just may or may not (laughs) happen. So,
0: Um, I just want to shout out last night. There is a moment that I was like, this is Pete Kirby smart. Did anybody else enjoy the hell out of the intentional grounding on a flea flicker? I mean, that was one of the worst coached and executed plays ever. Georgia gets 30 yards on their first two plays the first (laughs) drive, second half, then dials up the – flea flicker and i george pickens just looks like he quit in the route i think it was george pickens and sets him minutes, like oh here comes christian harris so i'm just gonna throw it as far downfield as possible and they cost them nine yards and a down and i was like this this is kirby smart's fake punt moment like this is exactly what this is this is horrible and awful um was really glad to see that they were able to to rebound from that Two uh, Stetson Bennett getting dragged on Good Morning America. whatever the hell the show is? Michael Strahan this morning, like Stetson, how you doing, buddy? It's like drunk. That's how I'm doing. Like leave me, leave the young man alone. Why in the hell is this kid, it, after like the biggest moment of his entire life, being dragged on national? Stetson, how are you? Oh, so much fun last night. Like please, leave the poor child alone. Three, this sport. Is there anything that encapsulated this sport more than pull assassin i mean guys we had a story in 2021 where a coach's wife's monkey pet monkey that she used to do stripper acts you know with bit a child and it became a news story and poor steve sarkeesian who like had to deal with a lot of crap this year and part of was self-inflicted part of it was not must have read that and been like what the F like expletive and just the conversation that he must have had with Jeff Banks is like, Hey, we have enough distractions around here. Your wife's monkey or girlfriend, or whatever the hell it is. Your girlfriend's monkey biting a
2: child is, is in the news now. Like rain in a home, please. Jeff. Linda, you got some- you know, wild. That, that story only lived for like three days. It's in. That's how busy this football season was. Is that something else happened? Something else happened besides a strippers monkey biting a child. <laughs> that we were like, this is. But it's important. in the rearview,
0: and now everybody's like, so what? So, so, so Quinn Ewers, I, right? Yeah, I forgot about. About,
2: about it till
0: just now. I'm rehabbing about it, John. This should be your point, John. You should have been like, why are we talking about Quinn Ewers? Why we're forgetting about the monkey? Like, we should be revisiting the monkey story.
4: Kansas completely distracted me from the monkey. That story. That is
0: fair. That is as fair. So I will say, like, this is once again. Uh, we're gonna miss it, but I, I'm a little college footballed out right now. But I'm sure in a week I'll like be missing the ridiculous, absurd conversations, debates, stories, all the things that we hear, uh, you know, about college football. So thanks to you all for making this fun season. Thanks to fans out there for listening and watching. You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show at Lo Big Twelve on Twitter. You can find us wherever you guys get your podcast, and you can find us on youtube as well all right friends till next week i guess we're gonna be a basketball podcast next week right i guess that's gonna be the yes <laughs> kobe all right we'll see you guys next week
2: hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today